Hey, thank you for tuning in to Ask a Black Woman. It is season two, episode three, and we're going to talk about the new quote unquote good old boys club. So thanks for tuning in. I can't wait till we get into this material. I know you guys have heard of Michelle Alexander's um, book and the concept of the new Jim Crow, but I'm here to tell you that there is a new quote unquote good old boys club. It reeks and resembles um, the old school concept of the man, if you will, which is still nothing old because if you are black in America, um, you are very familiar with what this actually means. And so um, this is something um, that um, I began to notice in a, a old um, a former job day job that I had and uh, me and some sister friends um, began to have some recent conversations about it and um, here on Ask About Woman um, podcast we like to keep things truthful and respectful and I had debated on whether or not to um, even bring this up for fear of uh, people um mislabeling mislabeling me and misunderstanding me simply because it's going to um, call out a specific um, group of people um, but not for the sake of bashing um, this specific group of people so here it is fam here it is um tell me and this is going to be something that uh, possibly only black people can relate to but specifically if you are a black woman the new good old boys club that i'm referring to is the white gay male yes i said it i said it um, so I can't wait to hear if you understand what I'm talking about. And when we come back from our break, I'm going to get into um, where I'm drawing this hypothesis from and some of the commentary I've gotten from girlfriends going through the same thing. Yeah, it's getting real today. Thanks for listening. All right, thanks for um, coming back to part two of the conversation of today's discussion about the new good old boys club. So I want to take you back to um, hmm, about six years ago, I began temping um, at this um, small company, this retail company. It was the um, office job part of the company. And um, um, my immediate... The immediate person, the um, office manager that I reported to um, was this good looking um, Italian, um, uh, almost middle aged um, man um, who was gay. And uh, me and this um, this guy, we were most we spent so much time together in an office, particularly by each other, and we developed a really, really, really good camaraderie uh, with one another, and um, and so uh, which means that we got very comfortable uh, with one another. And uh, he began to share some parts of his life with me, 
And, you know, when people sh- uh, trust you, you know, with their story, you know, I don't take it for granted. I don't care who you are. And so I thought it was fascinating that um, as he began to share with me his um, upcoming and him coming into his self-awareness and particularly his identity, he felt comfortable enough to say to me um, that he um, believes that even though he looks like this white Italian man and that he was really born a black woman and I was so thrown off with that and honestly at that time I just did not know how to respond and this was on the precipice of what became to be a groundswell of um, the push, a very good big push for um, the rights of the LGBTQIA um, community, uh, which, you know, no matter what you believe, um, you know, people should have the right to live in dignity and respect. And so I'm all for that. And so, but this is, you know, on the on the precipice of this thing becoming into being. So um, this is before, you know, now it's not uncomfortable common to hear people um you know like your Rachel Delosiales to to be a born a white woman and to to emphatically say that she believes that she's a black woman to the point that she uh, faked her race and became a leader in the NAACP so we have people like that who who self-identify as things that they're not born of now it's common now but that was not what it was six years ago right not in this that magnitude and so when he said that I was just like in my head but you know what I didn't say anything and so but I'm bringing this up because there is um what I've seen in my experience a common theme across the platform um with um a a few of the white gay males that I've encountered um where they seem to have this huge admiration seemingly huge admiration for black women and specifically celebrity black women they seem to have almost like an idol worship thing going on so they really really like them um and so but it's interesting that how they regard regular black women and to hear to to be to, to get that i'll never forget that that he felt that way and then being that he was in a position of authority honestly i felt like even though i didn't he didn't make me feel threatened and I never felt like he, I, you know, I didn't feel disrespected or undermined. It was just that one thing that I felt like, I don't care what you feel, you are not a black woman. So I don't, I don't get that whole thing or whatever. You don't live in my body and deal with the blatant isms that come along with living in this actual black woman body, right? So I'll never forget that six years ago. And then um, I remember um, as um, uh, one season of my life, about two years after that, I began to kind of uh, take on a big sister role for a college, a young lady in college. And we would have these discussions about how the, how the climate was changing and how people were being more outspoken about their preferences, about what they wanted to be called and how the laws were changing for them and everything. And so um, uh, I was being 
beginning to share with them about how I felt about people who did not live in this actual body to actually call themselves what I was when they have the liberty to float back and forth with their privilege of what they were actually born with. And so she, as a, as a young, actually she's mixed black and white. Um, she didn't agree with me and she was much younger. She's like in her early twenties until she went out um, with um, her friends who were of the LGBT um, QIA community community. And she went to a an actual drag show. It was a big event. And so um, she shared with me that she would be the only uh, single um, um, black female, if you will. Because she, in a lot of ways, kind of steals more to that spectrum of her identity, if you will. Anyway, she was the only um, hetero um, female in that uh, that environment, and she when we got together, um, you know, days after the, her, her going to the event, she told me about her experience of being in that environment, to which she said she had been she can't recall in her recent lifespan of being so uncomfortable and so disrespectful in that environment she said that um part of the entertainment for that evening was um the um the well what we would call born men which was obvious for her visually um they were in drag they were beat to the nines if you will and part of their act a lot of their acts uh, was what they called comedy (laughs) but it was really them um taking jabs at uh, women who were born women right and i mean she said it was just very mean very mean and so part of them uh, um it's almost like people who any anybody who builds their identity off of having power or being mean streak like you're not genuinely who you are or walking in it in a confidence if you if if the only way for you to do that is by downgrading another but in this particular thing in this instance with her they were taking stabs at people black women who were born black women and she witnessed firsthand what would continue to be a pattern that I would see going um, forward in the future and I just I so she she revealed that right and then I began to work for someone else briefly um, where in this environment um, you had um, the majority of the people in this particular office, albeit it's not very big, um, happened to be, um, majority of them were um, uh, members of the LGBTQI community, but, uh, and they were mixed. There were black, um, uh, there uh, were uh, white, they were Hispanic, um, and then, then, then there were women who were of the same uh, um, community as well. And in this and in, in this environment, people um, th- that community was given the liberty of um, carrying on and what I had never witnessed in an environment, no matter how casual it was, 
um, to be able to have the kind of conversations with a lot of sexual innuendo, very crass in this particular company. And I thought to myself, my God, I could never imagine being hetero and being able to have that converse, help have those kinds of jokes being so freely uh, exhibited within a work environment. I thought it was very unprofessional, but nobody, no, nobody in management ever said anything. And then they also had the liberty of being able to watch um, um, TV um, on their computers and they would be able to watch such explicit scenes. And again, the management back in that time wasn't saying anything and I just I thought I said goodness now again the confession was I didn't say anything either because honestly I felt like I was outnumbered and I didn't want to be the one to blow the whistle because nobody was saying anything I didn't want to out myself by bringing up something that quite frankly would expose the lack of professionalism and how uncomfortable I was not because um, I was hetero but because it just didn't belong in the workplace right so I think that whole power structure and then for the fact that um, the management team consisted um, partially of a white had a uh, um, white man who was also part of the LGBTQI community. And moreover, as I began to get treated differently from the other people of the community on that team, so very blatantly, and feeling absolutely powerless because of um, this this um, this um, management um, preference to the people of that community, um, they could get away with similar actions or even more overt actions of lack of professionalism or things that would be deemed as me being subordinate when when it's just me um, being direct and asking questions and all that sort of thing, and so. Uh, I just, me and some friends of mine, like I was bringing this around to the hand while I'm bringing it to the podcast because what we're noticing is, is that even in the entertainment industry too as well, um, there is the same thing going on. You can be black and in the LGBTQI community, uh, but there is still this veil um, that is, um, you know, separating um, those there's still this wall that's separated there is this good old boys club some of it's very blatant and some of it you really have to pay attention to and see the subtleties um, in in the opportunity and how they deal with uh, deal with you um, so I'm coming from the angle of a, um, a heterosexual black woman in America. And now I see that there is a whole nother dimension and a whole nother regard in which, quite frankly, where um, certain um, white males of authority um, appear to be heralding black women of strength and of, of note, um, but... They underneath it really, really, really don't like the strong black female because, in my opinion, they want to be them. 
I know I just dropped a bomb on you right there. So that is the that is the opinion of the hour. Um, again, it's my opinion, of course. It's born out of my experience and observations, and I feel like it's really um, op- uh, oppressive. It's oppressive that work environment was um, uh, hostile to me because of that. Uh, because uh, yeah, yeah, for all those reasons. So um, chime in. I would love to hear your commentary to see um, if you have or maybe you've experienced it or maybe if you're still in that, you may want to, you know, lay low to secure your position until you have the freedom to do so. But um, I think this is too important a topic not to bring up. Um, I haven't seen anybody bring this um, this kind of thing to the forefront, uh, because, again, we live in a culture where if you if you even present healthy dialogue that may uh, call um, that community to light, um, they they don't hear you. They don't listen and they don't want to hear you. Um, I've and you know for all of the the uh, what, should, what am I what am I trying for all the admitted. Um, discrimination and and violence that does happen against that community um, there is something to be said I have read publications where um, they have been very um, um, aggressive and attacking um, 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 heterosexuals just because and um, but yet they want us to uh, be loving towards them and so it's just like whoa, whoa. how do you, how do you how do you ask ask for something that you're not exhibiting yourself um that you can fight the power but that doesn't mean you drag down a whole nother group of people because certain groups in that community have been the the cause of your pain and all of that sort of thing you feel where i'm going there oh because oh and before i go i also want to make this other point one of my girlfriends who um, works in um a uh, the public school system of a major city um also uh wanted uh brung up the fact that um you know, she had witnessed, um, you know, um, the young uh, men, um, you know, they came in freshman year um, um, presenting themselves in the, the sex and the social, um, what should I say, social expectation of what um, young growing teen, teenage boys were when they were freshmen. But by the time they were in their junior year, um, they were um, identifying themselves as women. And so they would begin to dress as such um, as, you know, we would expect women to dress. And what happened was she witnessed that when they began to change into that self-identification, they began to actually pick on the young ladies who were born girls. Uh, I mean, serious picking on. There was an instance where she told me that uh, one of the young um Young men um, self-identifying as a, as a, as a, as a, as a um, young woman uh, actually beat up one of the girls, the born girls, um, identifying as a girl, actually beat her up. I mean, beat her up. And what happened is in the decision making of disciplining the the young man, or you know, the attacker, I should say, um, even though 
this um this this young man um physically beat like literally harmed her and she had to sit out for some days or whatever um they did not um discipline him um to the extent that they could because they said it was really the equivalent of two girls fighting each other because he began to identify himself as a girl and presenting himself as such um they totally ignored the fact that his physical makeup his build was that of a growing young man (laughs) so it was really a growing young man beat up a growing young woman so the leaner muscle the fist all of that he beat her like that and so he began to have the jealousy of what she naturally carried and the fact that the school ruled in favor of him because of what he identified himself as and so she seen she seen that part and what does that do? What what does that do? What does that do for the safety of um, women born as women and choosing to stay in the group that they were born with when our society is catering to um, um, the uh, population who really, by their actions, seems to hate black women? I'm going to let that rest. I think I've said enough. I'm waiting to hear what you guys have to say. Let's keep it real. And let's keep it real respectful. This is your girl, Shanira, the mouthpiece for Ask a Black Woman. I'm asking y'all what y'all think about that. Peace, peace. And thank you for listening, as always.